Welcome to the Oil Spills Podcast. I'm the host, Craig Ellingson, and with me today is Derek Van Deest, our hockey beat writer for the Edmonton Sun and the Edmonton Journal. Welcome, Derek. Hello, Greg. How are you doing? I'm fine. Getting over a cold, like okay. a lot of people in Edmonton are, and maybe across Canada. Well, it's that season. Someone that should do a story about that. Yeah, that time of year. It is. Cold, flu season. You know, and I said this to Jim Matheson last week, you know, we were talking about a lot of the same things over and over again, you know, about the Oilers and... We can talk a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. It's something I brought up last week briefly with Maddie because we'd brought it up a couple weeks before that. The team is playing consistently. You know, they'll, they're winning games and they're losing games, mm-hmm. legitimately losing. However, there has been no long losing jag yet. And that's a good thing. And it's still yeah. the same case here we are a week later talking about the same thing. So and I know it was identified early in the year that as long as the owners can minimize their losing streaks that gives them a solid chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Now I'll use that to segue into what's going to get them over the hump. Um, and I'll relate it to all this talk about Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Talk around the water coolers, you know, around the league, in the media, you know, whether you're an Elliot Friedman or some George on Twitter who we don't know that person's real name or mm-hmm. whatever. The talk is that Taylor Hall wants out of New Jersey. You know, I, I think that's been pretty obvious since, you know, the start of the year because the Devils have not been playing very well. Yeah. You know, even though they have, you know, they made some moves, brought in P.K. Subban, the defenseman, Wayne Simmons, they signed him as a free agent. You know, obviously they're bolstering the team around Taylor Hall and they have some good young players as well. Yeah. You know, Jack Hughes is the number one overall pick. Nico Hirshire, another former number one overall pick. And those guys are going to be star players. Not star players yet though. No. You know, they're young. And Taylor Hall obviously is in his prime. But Taylor Hall, if you believe all the rumors out there, wants a trade. Well, his contract is up this year. And I think it's one of those situations where I'm not sure how happy he is in New Jersey. Not because of New Jersey or the team. I just think he wants to play for a Stanley Cup contender and a playoff team and a team that gets into the playoffs routinely every year. You're looking at this guy, came into the league in 2010. We're at 2019, and he's made the playoffs once, and he's played four playoff games in his career. You get to a point where you're like, this is ridiculous. I have to I have to get somewhere where I think I can make make the playoffs every year and then be part of that playoff tournament because that's the whole point of, of being a hockey player is getting into the playoffs and, and being part of that that whole playoff structure in June. And so I think that's where the rumors stem from that he probably won't resign in New Jersey. I know the Devils did try to load up and expedite the process of, of re- the rebuilding process, but they still are in a rebuilding process because they have rebuilt those young first overall picks. So then of course, Taylor Hall probably would be open to coming back here. He never wanted to leave Edmonton. He liked Edmonton. He was really upset when he was traded from Edmonton. And I think the Oilers... They're doing well right now. They're getting pulled along by two superstar players. And I think, can those two superstar players do that over an 82-game season? They've been able to do that over a 20-game season so far. It's it's unbelievable what Dreisaitl and McDavid are doing right now. But do you need a third person? Do you need a third wheel there to kind of help pull this along? Now, Nugent Hopkins is coming up. He's starting to play a little bit better. But do you need another star player to kind of get you there? And, And when you look at that, and the answer, I think, to that is yes. I think Ken Holland will have to bring someone else in for the final playoff push, for whatever it is. And I think, and you look at Taylor Hall, and if you can bring him in uh, towards the tail end of, of the, the salary for this year, then maybe you can afford him 
and then you think about the the, the future, and then maybe you're right. Maybe he is just a rental to try and get you into the playoffs and get you in a, and make a, make a bit of a run. Um, but I think the Oilers do need someone, and I think that name comes up because he's going to be available and because he he would be willing to play here in Edmonton. And I think that's one of those situations where you really have to look hard at that. And if you can make it work, I think you can make it work. But I'm not sure if I would trade a big piece. I, I think you have to try and and manufacture it somehow, trade little pieces and just to get him here and then worry about the future next season. I think if you think that he can help you make a run into the playoffs. You know, because if you're Ray Shiro, the GM of the Devils, I mean, of course you want a return for this guy. You mm-hmm. did trade Adam Larson for him. I mean, obviously you won that trade. Yeah. I, you know, Taylor Hall ended up uh, being the MVP of the league two years ago. It got them into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that guy is, he's a heart trophy winner. Not everybody does that. But, you know, we'll back up and you say, you're right about Taylor Hall in the rental situation. We could go off on a tangent here. Let's say, okay, Taylor Hall's come to Edmonton and do you sign him long term? And I think that's got to be a key thing in at least the fans' minds, if not Taylor Hall's own mind. And then you also brought up just talking about it now. Does he want to be on a proven winner over time? I mean, mm-hmm. the orders are not a proven winner. No. Obviously, Taylor Hall being the poster boy for that. Yeah. I mean, he was the number one overall pick, the first one in their team's history 10 years ago. He was the guy they built around here. And, you know, obviously it didn't work out for the Oilers in the standings. Um, not to say Taylor Hall didn't grow as a player and become the, the star player that he is now. He yeah. clearly was the best player in Edmonton uh, up until he was traded. And you know, obviously Connor McDavid came in. And, but I think that's a big question. You know, if if the Oilers do make a move for Taylor Hall, wow, there, there's so much to unpack there. Yeah. So much to unpack. Never mind the, the history of Taylor Hall here. And the organization and where they are today and why. And Taylor Hall, would he want to come back here and play in this? I mean, like you said, he didn't want to leave in the first place. He liked playing here. Um, but now the Oilers are, you know, in a playoff position. They've got two of the best players in the, in, in the league. Yeah. Um, Drysidle, if he keeps up at this clip, how can't that guy be a Hart Trophy candidate, all depending on how this season turns out? It's crazy to think... You know, if the owners would somehow acquire Taylor Hall, you've got three, and Dryasaddle ends up winning the Hart Trophy. Yeah. You got three Hart Trophy winners on your team. When does that ever happen? I don't know if, I'd have to go back and look at my history books to see if that's ever been true. Maybe in the original six, the Montreal Canadiens had three Hart Trophy winners at one point, but (laughs) that's probably the last time it would have ever happened. Anyway, leaving the whole Taylor Hall's history with the Oilers and all of that aside, would Taylor Hall be the right player to bring in? I mean, is he the right kind of forward this team needs? Is Would he be too expensive? Like, you know, when you think yeah. about teams renting a player, it really depends on their cap situation. You talk about what would they have to trade away. You don't want, they don't want to give up too much. But there is the salary side of things to consider as well. Because Taylor Hall is making, is it is he making six seven? Million. Is six, million? six million a year, yeah. Obviously, yeah. he's a bargain. But you're going to have to, you know, the orders are pretty close to the cap as it is. Yeah. You're going to have to trade away some salary in order to fit them in. I mean, sure, you could, you know, whether you're looking at trading Adam Larson or maybe even an Oscar Clefbaum or somebody who's got an appreciable salary on the defense, even though Clefbaum's pretty cheap and so is Larson yeah. in, the, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you're going to be taking away from your established defense. And you do have some prospects. I mean, Caleb Jones is up with the orders right now. Mm-hmm. 
and playing fairly well, even though he's only been up for a couple of games. But you know, everybody is just like with Ethan Bear. That guy's gonna is an NHLer. He'll he's here. It's gonna take a lot now to send him back to Bakersfield. I think. Yeah. Anyway, but I, and I think about you know furthering it along and stepping back and looking at the entire league. You have a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, who are you know underperforming considering what they're paying their players. And they've got an Austin Matthews who's a, you know, if he continues his pace, he'll score 50 goals this year. But, you know, they re-signed Mitch Marner and they've signed William Nylander to new contracts. And those guys have no wiggle room at all. Yeah. That could be the orders, say, if they acquired Taylor Hall and did re-sign that guy. Yeah, it could be. And you, and you look, you do, you don't want to put yourself in a corner like the Maple Leafs did. And I think the Maple Leafs, I think the William Nylander contract really hurt them. I think they really overpaid for him. And that kind of put everything else in perspective. And, and I think you, you needed to pay Marner what, what you did because he was probably their you know second best player, but on some nights he was their, their best player. So I think they really painted themselves in a corner with some of these big contracts. And I think that's the danger the Oilers don't want to do. And when you have a contract like, like Connor McDavid's $12.5 million, you have to really be careful with how everything else fits in. And you're right about Connor McDavid. Um, Taylor Hall being a bargain. He's a bargain at that price. He's probably going to make double what he makes, or at least he's going to get to the $10 million range next year. So if you bring him in as a rental, you likely can't afford him next season unless you do trade off some big pieces, particularly on your back end. And do you want to do that? And I'm not sure that the, the Edmonton Oilers want to do that. But you're right when it says, when you look at you look at the Leafs, and I think come trade deadline time, the, the Leafs will be looking at, dumping some of these salaries. Like I, I don't I don't think the Leafs are going to turn this thing around. I think this is going south on them in a hurry. And I just don't think they have enough support pieces to, to help some of those top-end guys. And I think they 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 put all their cards on the table and they went for it last season and they ended up losing in the first round. And I think that was a... If they got past Boston, I think they would have gone pretty far. But they ended up losing the first round. And now they're struggling to get back there. And I think it's a situation where there's going to become a, a point where there's going to be a, a fire sale in Toronto and they're going to start selling off some of these assets because they they may have to reload, not necessarily rebuild, but they have to reload and, and, and approach it at a different different angle. And the way they did it uh, just didn't work. So that's the, the, the situation there. But I, I still believe that the situation here is that you have to bring someone in. I, I don't think you can stand pat and think that this team is going to get you into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. I, I still think that they, they need some help at some point. So you have to rearrange the deck chairs, per se, and find some cap space somehow, somewhere, find some cap space to bring someone in. If it's not a Taylor Hall, then it is someone else that can make an impact on your team. And they got lucky with James Neal because James Neal is going to get you 20 goals this year, maybe 25. And he just fell on their lap and they were able to get rid of Lucic for him. And I think that moving Lucic was a big part of of the success of the Edmonton Oilers right now. It's just not having that anchor around uh, on the ice and then just in the locker room and, and things like that. I think, and you're seeing that in Calgary right now because Calgary is struggling and there's, there's a, there's a, there's a factor there. Well, Lucic is in Calgary now and Calgary is struggling. So I think there's, there's a, there's, there's some pieces to be played there. And it's going to be interesting to see what Ken Holland does because Ken Holland's got it all figured out. He's figured out all the, the possibilities. I'm, I'm, I'm positive. And, and he knows that he has to bring someone in, um, towards either in December and January or before the trade deadline to, to get someone in to bolster this lineup a little bit. Thinking about the forward lines too, you're not looking at, you wouldn't, even though Nugent Hopkins' contract is going to become a thing soon mm-hmm. because his 
contracts you know, that the, he signed with the orders back in 2013, it's coming due. Not this season, but the season after, 2020, 2021 season. That has to be a factor as well because, you know, there's that asset as well. But you need Nugent Hopkins yes. in order for the orders to make this push. You know, we're not talking about that yet. It'll be very interesting next summer to see what all goes down, assuming the orders do make a trade, whether it's for Taylor Hall or for someone else, bring them in on the forward lines, assuming the orders keep on the track that they are and they're going to be in the playoff spot. Because Nugent Hopkins, that guy's going to get a big raise too. Like he's making $6 million bucks a year as well. He's going to be commanding... More than that, he'll be commanding at least an extra couple million dollars, I would think, if not more. Oh, definitely. And I think the funny thing is, is, is that I think the Oilers are approaching a situation here now with Drysital and McDavid, where you're getting kind of like where the Penguins were with Malkin and Crosby. You, you're you're going to get six, seven, eight solid years out of them, and you and you can't waste those years. You cannot waste those years uh, not having a good enough team around them to to get them in the playoffs and to make it. This is an opportunity for Edmonton right now. To become one of those perennial playoff teams that challenges for the for the Stanley Cup, you're not going to go and get to the Stanley Cup in one year. You have to be like the St. Louis Blues, stay hang around, get in the playoffs, make a few rounds, like the Boston Bruins, get in the playoffs, go for a few rounds, like those teams that do it every year. And the Oilers have an opportunity here. There's a window of opportunity here, seeing how McDavid and Drysdale are becoming. You've got them locked up, so you have them now for six, seven, eight years. And they're, they're reaching their prime. They haven't even got to their prime. That's the scary part about these two guys. One's 23, one's 22. They're still four or five years away from their prime. And so you want to set that up where your team is competing every year. You're one of the better teams in the league every year because you have two of the most dynamic players in hockey right now. And I think that's where Ken Holland has to look at this roster and see how he gets from here to becoming one of the dominant teams in the league for the next three, four, five, six years. Yeah, because, you know, when Holland came in and, you know, the others were talking about this way before they hired Ken Holland, you know, talking about uh, letting uh, prospects over-ripen on the farm. But yeah, you'd have to think that, yeah, they're looking at Bakersfield going, okay, what do we got down there? How's Yamamoto doing? I mean, I understand yeah. Yamamoto's having a really good season so far in the AHL. You know, he's being a key factor in all their games offensively. You know, at some point in time, you'd think that, yeah, a couple of those guys, whether it's Yamamoto or Tyler Benson or another forward, and never mind the defense, because apparently the defensive, you know, play, you know, we've got plenty of prospects yeah. coming up. We've already seen Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones come up. They've got William Lajeson up down there as well. Never mind Evan Bouchard. But we want to see what forward prospects can could conceivably make a dent in the lineup here in the next year or two, because the owners do have a bunch of some contracts coming off the books this coming off season. You know, they did sign guys to one year contracts. Yeah. It'll be interesting over the summer to see what they do. And of course it'll be an interesting training camp, <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself because yeah. we still have this season to play. Never mind. Oh my God. What if they make the playoffs? And what if they do make, you know, play for a player like Taylor Hall? Yeah, that's. I think that if they get them to in that position, I think the orders for so long have been sellers at the trade deadline. It's kind of refreshing that to know that they're probably going to be buyers at this trade deadline. And how are they going to bolster their roster? I think on the back end they're fine. They're going to get Larson back now, and and I think we saw you're right. Bears going to stick around here. Jones has been effective. Um, I, I think on the blue line they're they're set, and I I do think that they need some some help on their bottom too, and they maybe need more dynamic player. But it's going to be interesting to see that this year the orders are buyers. They're going to load up for a playoff run. 
And I think that's the exciting part here in Edmonton that for the finally, for the first year in, I don't know, decade, they're not dumping off assets to try and, and, and look for next season. And I think that's the exciting part. So Ken Holland's got to look around and see, okay, what's going to help me now? And how is this going to help me getting to the future? Because I think this window right now is open and I think the owners have to take advantage of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I was going to say, although it is only the third week of November, anything can happen. Stuff happened last year, Mm -hmm. you know, there's injuries and stuff like that. But if things do continue to play out the way they are, yes, of course we can think playoffs and adding players at the deadline. I was trying to remember what the orders did in 2017. You know, it was obvious they were going to make the playoffs. They made the, they locked out a playoff spot uh, well before the end of the season, but they didn't make a huge, they already had all their players in place. I mean, Pat Maroon was already on the roster, for example. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of things they did in 2017. No, I stretch off the top of my head. I can't remember a, a big, big impact trade that they a guy they brought in to kind of help them in that run. They've yeah. already, yeah. But I think they had the pieces in place, and I think they were pretty up against the cap as well that year. So they didn't have a lot of wiggle room. So I'm not sure how much wiggle room they'll have here. They may have to make some make some moves, but um, but I think for the most part, I think it's an exciting time for for Oilers fans because the team is going in the right direction, and you have the two most dynamic players in the game. Um, and other players are starting to pick it up. You're starting to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins pick it up. Now, they're obviously solid at the back end. When they get Larson back to, up to speed, I think it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get back up to speed. He's missed a lot of hockey right now. But I think they're, they're pretty solid, and they're getting very good goaltending. I think that's that's a key as well. So there are not a lot of holes on the back end, in my opinion. I think the holes come when it comes to the third and fourth fourth line and, and maybe a little bit of secondary scoring. I think that's where the orders need some help. And it's interesting too, because, you know, a, a year or last season, we were certainly talking about things the owners d- didn't have. I mean, we couldn't rely on their defense. I mean, the, 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 the depth wasn't there and, you know, the depth at forward is still a concern now as it was last year as well. But, you know, here we are. It's okay. It's, it's a podcast. You can cough into the microphone. No one's, uh, I'm not going to edit it out or anything like that. I should have had a glass of water for you. I'm sorry about that. But what a difference a year makes. I mean, a year ago, maybe not a year ago, but during the season last year, particularly after it became very clear, you know, I'm going to think around Christmas time, if not early in the new year, you know, this team was in crisis. Shirelli was trading, making desperation yeah. trades because of injuries. Yeah. Um, and here we are a year later, things have, you know, obviously Ken Holland's now the general manager and a new coach. Things are changed. Things can change. That's, yeah. I guess that's what it is. And you can't always see it coming. We can't predict the next, you know, few months, never mind the next two, three years. We don't know what's, no one knows. No one has that kind of a crystal ball. I'd be, uh, you know, living on my own Caribbean island, uh, purchased for cash if I had that kind of power. That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. You can subscribe to Oil Spills via Apple's podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you may access your podcasts.